0: and the planet just a little more. Before we dive in, I want to ask that if you love this episode and can't wait to listen to the rest of the show, please do me a favor and leave a review, or you can take a screenshot of the show, post in your Instagram story so I can reshare and give you a big thank you, or just send me a message letting me know what you think of the show. I would love, love, love to hear from you. This show wouldn't be possible without the support of a few sponsors, the first of which being, okay, it's me. <laughs> if you're like me and you love personal development, I know you'll love my newest resource, The Growth Guide. The Growth Guide is a 12-day program that uses guided meditation, journaling prompts, reading exercises, and growth exercises on a specific topic each day that will leave you feeling inspired, rejuvenated, grounded, and ready to take on the world with compassion and love. Here's a review of the growth guide from Hannah. My anxiety and my negative self-talk had begun to spiral out of control before I started looking for methods to help me heal and grow. After experimenting with meditation and journaling, I dove headfirst into Melissa's growth guide. Within the first few days, I noticed a change in how I felt about myself and the way in which I spoke to myself, and a change in the way I viewed the future and my anxieties. Melissa's meditations are beautiful, positive, uplifting, and the messages and prompts that come from the guide reinforce her teachings. My sense of self-confidence and my hope for the future is returning, and I'm growing into the person I know I can be." You guys, I am so excited for this guide. This guide was put together using the tools that I have learned over the past 10 years in my own healing and growth journey, and I'm so thankful for you all listening in that I wanted to give you a deal. Use the code PODCAST10 at checkout for 10% off your order of anything in my store. I have the link down below as well as that code listed in the show notes. Hi everyone. Today I have Aubrey Sutter with me and she is an analytics account manager and yoga teacher from Atlanta, Georgia. She has a huge audience on Instagram. She's going on 75,000 people following her and you can find her on her page doing ridiculously strong handstands, playing with her kittens, Mia and Finn, and sharing about her self-love journey. So we actually met over a year ago in person. And that was after having a online friendship. We met on Instagram and we chatted back and forth and then we texted back and forth and then we started calling each other. And then she came to my house and visited me because I only lived a few hours away from her. And since then we've visited each other probably, I don't know, a lot of times we've been in New York together. We've been in California together and we visit each other. And It's actually New Year's Eve right now, uh, 2018, and she came up to visit me for a few days and stay with me over New Year's, so I'm really excited to have her here. Hi! Hi. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) I'm so glad that you're talking to me. We're sitting. This is so funny because we're like, she's been here for a few days, and we're sitting in my dad's walk-in closet because that's where I do all of my recordings, and we're just sitting across from each other. talking so thank you for agreeing to do this with me I love you of course yay okay so I have a lot of good questions for you and I'm excited to ask you questions um but yeah I I think the best place to start is just to talk about your background like your childhood where you grew up your interests as a child and kind of how that all got you to where you are now college you were a cheerleader at UGA which is like I think that's totally insane like because that's a huge university so yeah just tell us a little bit about that you don't have to go into it too deep so
1: I'm from Atlanta Georgia um I've lived there my whole life and uh I grew up doing gymnastics and cheerleading so I have a very sporty background um in acrobatics and flexibility and stuff like that. So um, my transition into yoga was kind of expected, um, although it came into my life at a time when I kind of least expected it. But um, yeah, I cheered at University of Georgia. I was a competitive cheerleader before um, in Atlanta. And I actually tried out for cheer at a different university that I went to for one semester, South Carolina, uh, and I didn't make it because I was injured, <laughs> um, which is fine because then I got to transfer schools and ended up cheering at my dream university uh, for a year, which was the most amazing, one of the most amazing
0: experiences I've ever had um, growing up. For anyone up, who doesn't know, like cheering at this school means that there's 100,000 people watching you every week on the field, plus all the people watching on TV. Okay, just had to say that because it's a big deal. Okay, go on. Um,
1: (laughs) Growing up in the South, football is such a big part of the culture. And, I mean, I would watch football every Saturday and Sunday, college football, NFL. um, And you still do. Yeah, I still do. But (laughs) being able to cheer and being in a stadium like that was – just something that, I mean, a lot of people don't get to experience. And I did for a little bit. Um, I did it for one year and then injuries, um, kind of forced me out of it, but that's okay. And then a couple years later, I found yoga, um, which has been amazing for me. So I'm really glad to have found that.
0: Mm, Good. Okay. We're going to talk more about all of that. So Tell us about how you got interested in practicing yoga, what it was like for you at first, how that shifted throughout time. And then later, I also want to talk about your teacher training and what that was like for you. But yeah, just tell us a little bit about what your yoga journey has been like.
1: So I actually started practicing yoga um, in the middle of a really stressful job search. I was just applying for jobs day in day out trying to find something and I needed an outlet to kind of redirect my energy because it was getting really frustrating um filling out applications and cover letters and stuff just doing that all day so I joined a yoga studio it had one of the new student 30 days for 30 bucks specials or something like that Uh, and I would just go two or three times a day sometimes just to have something else to do besides sit in front of my computer and search for jobs. Uh, Just kind of, like I said, redirected my energy. And I always kind of knew that yoga was something I could do just because of my background in gymnastics and cheerleading. Um, But it also really helped me find a more healthy mental space because job searches can be really stressful and it kind of helped me release a little bit of that stress. Um, so I started my yoga Instagram about a month after that. I had seen yoga pictures on my discover page, uh, previously on my personal account. And the pictures were really pretty. And I heard about yoga challenges and how you could win free leggings. (laughs) And I was interested in winning free leggings. (laughs) And I wrongly assumed that because I could do lots of poses already, that I would be a shoe in to win. <laughs> like,
0: I'm gonna win these for sure. <laughs> and I actually never won anything from a challenge. I remember, so. like, I think I started following you when you had like around like maybe two or three thousand followers, and you were
1: doing challenges like, all the time. I remember that. Yeah, I really wanted to win, and I didn't understand why I wasn't winning. (laughs) You're not competitive, are you? But now I understand, because (laughs) I host challenges sometimes now, and I understand what actually goes into picking the winners, and it's not just physical abilities. Mm. So, but I assumed that, and... Even though I never won any free leggings, uh, the challenges were really fun for me. And it kind of got me into that habit of practicing every day and taking pictures, um, but mostly getting into a daily practice, which is really important for me. I find it hard to form habits sometimes. I can be kind of lazy and stop doing things really easily. And so the challenges were really good for me to make sure that I was doing something every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, my account just kind of, I don't know, it just grew. I just did lots of challenges. Honestly, that was the main thing. I tried to interact with people who were doing them, uh, make friends through Instagram, and it's just
0: kind of taken off from there. Mm. So has your idea of like, you know, you've gone through a teacher training now, which we'll talk more about in a little bit. You've done, you really kind of like dove into it. Has your idea of what yoga is and what it means to you and what it's done for you, how has that shifted and changed throughout the period of time that you've been practicing?
1: So probably up until my teacher training, so for about a year that I had been practicing, yoga was mostly just about the physical asana for me. Um, I really just did it to be more flexible, take prettier pictures, lots of things that, um, I'm sure lots of people can relate to. I just wanted my account to look nice and I wanted to be able to do hard poses. And so, um, that was really the main reason I practiced it first. I didn't really have any, I'd never really had any intentions of becoming a teacher or using yoga for anything more than just a physical practice for myself. It wasn't anything about my mental state or emotions or anything like that. It was just purely physical. Um, But then I went to teacher training, and that kind of totally changed everything for me. Uh, When I came back from teacher training, yoga was less about the physical aspect of it, and more about what yoga had done that I didn't realize at that point and what it could do for my mental state. Um, I mean, that's originally why I got into it, but I kind of got caught up in Instagram. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way because I did start out using it as a mental stress release type activity. Um, And then you get caught up in Instagram and it's really easy to forget that side of it and only think about what your feed can look like or the next step in a pose to make it more difficult. But once I went through my teacher training and saw how yoga had affected other people that I had no idea who they were when I started training um, and I just got to see what yoga had done for them and their lives and hear their stories and everything, I realized how powerful of a practice it is mentally, emotionally, everything
0: like that. Mm-hmm. I just realized something while you were talking. Like from what you're saying, it seems like getting caught up in Instagram and like posting on Instagram, it made you kind of forget like what yoga is all about, why you originally got into it. But then also being on Instagram is what helped you get deeper into it because you won your teacher training through Instagram. So like without that, it's like Instagram kind of like screwed you up a little bit, but then it was also like, here you go. So, okay. Yeah. Tell us about how that happened. She won it. She won it. So, okay. Yeah. Go on. Tell us.
1: So I never won any leggings, but yes, I did win my teacher training through a contest on Instagram, (laughs) uh, which is pretty crazy. I still don't really understand how I want it, but I'm really, really grateful for it because I was able to go to Bali at the beginning of this year. Um, Yovada Yogi was having a contest um, for someone to win a teacher training in 2018. And all you had to do to enter was post a picture and say why you wanted to be a teacher. And I'd had a couple people reach out to me to tell me to post to promote it but i said i'm not a teacher yet so i can't promote it because i don't have a te- i haven't done teacher training and they said oh then you should just enter it so i picked out a nice picture and i wrote a little caption about it and a couple weeks later i was selected as one of the top 10 and then my photo was posted on their page and Two weeks later, I got an email and I was at work saying that I had won my teacher training, uh, which I never expected to win because there were so many amazing people who were selected for the top 10, people who absolutely deserve to win their teacher training as well. But I'm so grateful that I was selected because it really was one of the most transformative months of my life so far. Um, I think I really benefited from being out of the country in an immersive program, um, for three and a half weeks and not thinking about anything else. I think that really helped me transform into the teacher I am today, the person I am today. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I won my teacher training, which is
0: You deserve crazy. it, <laughs> I think. Anyway, um, yeah, that's incredible. I remember when you won and I was like, I remember when you got in the top 10 and I was like, "Dang, girl." And then you won and I was like, "Dang, girl." And yeah, that's just I think that's just such a cool story and such a cool experience. Let's let's stick with like the Instagram talk for just a second longer and then we'll go into some deep stuff. It's going to be real fun. But so, okay, you have like I think right now you have close to 74,000 people Which is, that's a good bit. That's a good little bit of people. It's weird to think about.
1: I know, right? Like (laughs) I always think about it in terms of Sanford Stadium, which is where I cheered at University of Georgia, which holds 93,000 people. And so you take out like half of the upper deck
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and all those people follow me, Mm -hmm. which is weird to Mm -hmm. think about it. But that's how I... Because I've seen that many people at once before. So I know what that many people looks like. And it's just
0: crazy. Yeah. Okay. So talk about like what it was like. Like because I've watched you that whole time pretty much. Like what it was like growing your account. How you deal with like the pressures that come from it. um, Balancing like you have this huge account. And you teach yoga, but you're also like, you have a full-time job and just everything that comes with, you know, the crazy social media world. Yeah, so my account, I honestly am not sure
1: how it grew. Um, Sometimes I'll just have a post
0: that goes kind of viral. And it's probably, okay, so for those of you who don't know, Aubrey is like one of the strongest people I've ever met and sometimes I just like like watching her through the screen but it's like incredible but watching her in person I'm like how the frick can you do that stuff because she is so strong like some of the handstand stuff she can do it's ridiculous it's ridiculous I'm just gonna say that you don't have to say it but I'm saying it and it's true and just like go if you haven't seen her just go look just go look pause right now go look unless you're driving then don't look later okay go on go on (laughs)
1: Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure how it grew so fast. Um, it's cause you're amazing. Okay. Sorry. I'm interjecting. <laughs> okay,
0: go. Bye. Sorry. <laughs>
1: so, some, yeah. Sometimes a post will go viral, um, and it will get me followers. Um, I think most people, even if they don't want to admit it, can get really sucked into the follower thing. I know I do. Mm-hmm. I know I work really hard to, not look at the numbers on Instagram. I used to be really, really bad about it. I, growing up in competitive judged sports, um, you always compare yourself to other people. And I always have a hard time losing things. Um, and I think that's just partially my personality, partially. Um, Being in gymnastics at a high level and wanting to be the best and wanting to get the higher scores. Um, And so I struggled at the beginning and as my account grew really fast, I would get really caught up in the numbers and be really upset if my post didn't get X amount of likes or I didn't get um, X amount of followers in a week or something. And of course, when you have the business account, you can see all of those insights. And I have to work really hard to not go look at those because when I do, I can get really frustrated. Um, And it really has nothing to do with the person that you are or what you post because the algorithm on Instagram is something that none of us can understand. We don't really know how it changes what it affects or anything like that. It's just something that we deal with being on Instagram. Um, And sometimes it works out in your favor and other times, a lot of the time it makes you look like your posts aren't doing well and it's hard. But at the end of the day, the number of likes that your picture gets or the number of followers that you have doesn't really matter about who you are as a person it's just a number that you can look at if you want you can obsess over I I just still do sometimes I mean just like last week I was re- really frustrated because I was losing way more followers than I was gaining and I kept looking at it but um yeah it doesn't really matter at the end of the day it's just a, kind of about what you say um What you share on your page and the kind of person that you are off your account as well.
0: Yeah, I think one of the reasons that people can get so caught up in it, and I do too. I've gotten so much better at this now. Like I rarely even look at like the analytics stuff, Um, and I've gotten better at not comparing myself to other accounts as well. But like the reason we can get so caught up in it is because especially those of us who are sharing such personal messages (laughs) like in our captions or like pictures that we put a lot of time into. It's easy to be like, I love this. I'm excited about sharing this or like, this is really like vulnerable for me. And then we expect, we get these expectations going about like what people are going to think and how people are going to react. And if it doesn't come out the way we want it to, we get frustrated, but that's why it's important to just like, I don't know, just like keep sharing from the heart without setting these expectations of what it's going to get us, but instead focus from a place of giving. And that makes it easier kind of to deal with like the pressure and the like comparison and
1: all it of that. And then sometimes it's funny because sometimes I'll have nothing to say, or I'll just want to say something silly about, I don't know, whatever I'm doing in the... Your cats. ...post or video <laughs> on my cats. Um, and that post gets like a trillion likes. And then... One trillion then you likes. Guys, <laughs> you guys obviously missed my post that got a trillion likes. It had one trillion. It's the most liked post on Instagram ever. But um, it'll get a ton of likes and it's something super stupid um, and meaningless, basically. Yeah. And then the next day I'll post something really personal or something that I've been thinking about a lot. And then it gets two likes and <laughs> which is frustrating, but <laughs> then you think, okay, but maybe it
0: really, really helped those two people that liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's why it's good to so. like not take it too seriously and be like, okay, this is not like, yes, we're sharing and it's like our creative outlet and stuff, but it's just a tool to share. It's not actually who we are as a person. So it's not like if something doesn't perform as well, it doesn't mean that we're not performing well. It just, it's like, it's just the tool. It's just the, the weird internet thing that's going on. And it's not actually who we are and shouldn't determine how worthy we feel of whatever. Yeah. It's just hard to some days because, we do live
1: in a world where we spend a lot of time on our phones and on the internet. And Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of my friends these days, um, the way that I stay connected with them is through my phone because Mm -hmm. I've either met them on Instagram or they've moved and I don't get to see them as much. Uh, And so we do spend, I mean, I, I personally spend a lot of time on my phone not just scrolling through Instagram mindlessly but that's just how I keep up with a lot of people it's how I get my news it's how I check sports scores and everything mm-hmm. like that i just i'm on it a lot i mean of course i wish i was on it less than i am because i do spend a some amount of time mindlessly scrolling on things and just looking at it when i could be practicing yoga or spending time with my nephew or journaling or reading or anything like that. But um, I think it's also just kind of the world we live in. I mean, we live in a world of numbers, a world Mm of apps on our phone, and it's really, really easy to get caught up in it. Um, I don't know if there's anyone that can honestly say they don't care one single bit about the numbers that they have on Instagram. I just find that really hard to believe that someone could not care at all about it. Um, and maybe for the most part, they don't, but they're, I just feel like even for one minute of one day, they thought, "Ugh, oh, I wish I had
0: more followers or
1: oh, I wish that post had done better. So
0: yeah, I think we always are kind of wondering what it would be like to be some other version of ourself like we're always things like that are always going through our head like the what-if scenarios like and that's why I think it's so important to come back to like where we are now and all the good things we have going for us and trying to find that like that balance of you know, like growing on whatever, like ourselves or on our platforms or whatever our businesses or whatever, but also coming back to where we are now and being good with where we are now. So do you like, do you have any tips for anyone who struggles with that balance of being online, the internet, social media versus like being present, being grounded, being good with like where you are now or getting caught up in comparisons? Like what are your tips? For that kind of thing. So specifically for
1: Instagram, something that I found when I get really upset about things that are happening on Instagram, it's usually, um, it's usually when I get upset about followers and likes on pictures, which sounds, it's so trivial, but I'm the first to admit that I get frustrated with that. Sometimes I will just delete the app off of my phone, just totally delete it. Mm-hmm. Um, And not have it on my phone for however long. And it is honestly so refreshing to not have it on my phone. Um, I don't make any money from Instagram. It's just fun for me right now. So I don't rely on it. And I know that's probably not feasible for some people who do rely on Instagram as their source of income. Or for part of their income. But if you... I mean, even if you do taking a day off type thing to just not have it and not open it up and not worry about what's happening on Instagram, you will find so much clarity in your mind. I mean, I've done it three or four times, I think, where I've deleted the app. um, And honestly, it's kind of hard to download it again, because I don't want to go back to that place. Because if I've deleted it off my phone. I was not in a good mental place with Instagram at that time. So it's hard, but I go back and I get to see all my friends again and see what they're doing. And I haven't really missed out on anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just fun to be able to keep up with them in that way. And I mean obviously I have text and WhatsApp to see what's the important things are that maybe I miss, but mm-hmm most of the time, all you're really missing is a picture Mm -hmm. or a story of like someone talking for a little (laughs) bit or posting their food or whatever. That's me, Um, posting
0: my food. Yeah. So
1: (laughs) I just, I delete the app. I try not to look at the analytics portion of my account ever. I mean, obviously I look at it sometimes, but I try not to as much as possible, and sometimes I will just try and come back to myself and remember that I am not my Instagram account. I'm my own person, not online, Um, and just remember that I have lots of great things going for me outside of my account.
0: Hey, you all. I just wanted to pop in really fast and thank one of our sponsors, Blue Ridge Hemp who makes ethically and sustainably sourced CBD products. I've been using Blue Ridge hemp products for over a year now, and I absolutely love them. Recently, I took my dad to the store in Asheville, North Carolina. He has a lot of joint pain from arthritis and past injuries, and he's an old-school kind of guy and declared himself to be a CBD non-believer when we went in the store. However, they had some samples about, and I had him try on the joint salve, and after a few minutes, he was so surprised and completely amazed that his pain was easing up and going away. He actually bought three tubs of the salve, and he uses it every single day and absolutely raves about it. My favorite product right now is the spiced coconut oil. It has turmeric and cardamom and other good stuff in it and I added it to my matcha latte every single morning and I 100% feel that it helps me feel calm and relaxed I love everything this company stands for they're ethical they're sustainable you can really tell when you go into the store and go onto their website that they put a lot of love into all of their products I also love that they offer reduced price assistance to make healthcare more accessible, which is something that I really, really strongly believe in and that I offer with my own resources. So if you wanna learn more about the benefits of CBD or check out Blue Ridge Hemp's wide variety of products, head over to their website, use the code MELMOF, M-E-L-M-O-F, for 10% off your order. The code and a link to their website is down below in the show notes. Yay. Okay, so I know this because I'm your friend, but also you share about this on your Instagram page about some of the growth you've been doing and, like, trying to get to, not get to a place, but, like, embracing loving yourself. You talk about that and... I think that's like, it's hard to open up about that, about the things that we've been learning and going through, but you do it. And I mean, I can tell from what you share that people really connect with you on that and resonate with you. And I was wondering if you would kind of share a little bit about your journey of going into self-love and like what that's been like for you, some of the stuff you've been learning and all of that. So this is hard for me. I
1: never really thought about growth or learning more about myself or anything like that. Honestly, until my teacher training this year, I didn't really know what any of that was all about. I kind of just was coasting by and suppressing all my, any like negative or difficult things that I had gone through. I just kind of would try and put them on the back burner and hope that they would just leave eventually. Um, I have realized this past year that that is not the case. I can't just hope that Things that I've been through, or thoughts that I have, or feelings will just leave me because I don't think about them. Um, They come back up in many different places of my life. I have seen that this year, recurring themes popping up in my work, in my friendships, in my relationships, in yoga, and everything like that. Um, So after teacher training, or During teacher training, I started to open up more on my Instagram. I used to post just silly captions most of the time or whatever. Um, But I started sharing a little bit more about myself. Um, I had a really hard day at teacher training, and I didn't really understand what was happening. And I shared about it on my page, and that was kind of the first time I ever shared anything deep with my followers. Um, It's actually easier for me to share on Instagram than it is to share with people in person. Mm -hmm. I guess I have like the hiding behind a screen a little Mm. bit. Um, So I don't share everything that I go through on my Instagram. I share a lot, not everything. Sometimes I'm very vague about things that I'm dealing with, um, which probably isn't the best probably seems passive aggressive sometimes Mm -mm. (laughs) but um it is easier for me to share on instagram than it is in person but I do think that sharing on instagram and seeing that I'm not the only one going through certain things has helped me be able to share um with my close friends um more and learn how to express myself in those ways more um I still struggle a lot with self-love. I haven't quite figured that one out yet. Maybe that's my goal for 2019 is to figure that one out a little bit more because I still get I get really frustrated with myself. Um again coming back to that whole comparison thing. I'm hard on myself when I see other people You know, they're having such great days and weeks and months and doing all these amazing things and maybe I've just had one bad day, but then I feel like I'm only having bad days and I get really
0: hard on myself for that. So what do you do when you start to get into that place where you're comparing yourself to others and feeling hard on yourself? What are some things that you do besides just like getting off your phone, getting off Instagram? to come back to yourself and remind yourself that that you do love yourself and that you shouldn't compare yourself to others. So it takes me a while to realize it at first,
1: um, to realize my emotions and my thoughts and my feelings and all of that because I still... Initially, we'll go to a place where I just shove it on the back burner. Um, That's a habit that I have. And uh, one that I'm working on breaking, but it is really hard for me to break that one. I just put it away. I try and compartmentalize and not think about whatever is making me upset, whatever is sending me to that place of comparison. Um, But after a while... I start to realize that I need to do something about it because when things get on my mind for a while, it's kind of all I think about. Um, And I guess this is something that has been changing for me this year. It keeps popping back up into my mind um, every day. And so I have to just let myself sit with it for a little bit, Um, let myself feel cry probably cry a lot um I probably honestly get mad at myself a little bit for feeling a certain way um if I'm upset I probably I get a little frustrated with myself uh first and then I realize that the frustration isn't going to help with anything and I start to write a little bit um For me, writing things down is one way that it actually becomes a reality for me. Um, If I'm upset about something, if I'm having a hard time with a relationship and I don't really understand what exactly is happening at the beginning, I just get really upset. Um, I try and not think about it, but I obviously do think about it a lot. But until it's on pen until it's on paper, until I've written it with my pen and it's out of my head and I can see it physically, it's not real for me yet. Um, and for me to be able to process things, I have to be able to see them. Um, that's kind of something that's how I always learned in school taking handwritten notes I could never. Learn when I was typing notes, it always had to be handwritten for me. Um, And it's the same thing when I'm processing through a tough time in my life. I have to write it down and see it and read it and write it down again and keep looking at it because then it becomes real. And then I kind of just not storyboard, but make a chart of things like I do arrows that way like then maybe this is why I feel this way about something and Mm. then I do another arrow and maybe it's because of this certain thing that happened or I don't know whatever it's like a whole mess in my journal um but it's all these little thoughts and Sometimes I'll be able to see connections between certain things. They'll be on opposite sides of the page, but I'll have written the same thing, and I can see where things connect. And having everything written out just helps me visualize what I'm going through. And once I can visualize it, I can start to learn from what I'm feeling Can start to understand better not how to avoid it in the future but how to handle it better um and I can hopefully try and start to forgive myself um for being upset or angry or frustrated with myself at the beginning I think certain things just take me longer to process um One, because I don't have that much practice doing it yet. So it's just me learning how to do it. It's a skill that I'm still learning. Um, And because it's really hard for me to think about things from a place of self-love, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because it's never anything that I've, I've never, like listed out things that I love about myself or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's new and it's uncomfortable.
0: Mm. Okay. I love your answer for like a lot of different reasons. First of all, it's real and honest and it's not like, it's not like, well, sometimes I feel sad, but then I like write down a few things that are good and then everything goes away. Like that's not how it works. (laughs) Self-love is really hard and it's a practice. It's a lifelong practice. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. Um, I know I can. Like when you're first starting out realizing, oh man, like I've been through some stuff. I've like not dealt with it. I'm starting to deal with it now. This is hard. This hurts. (laughs) But I know I need to keep doing this because if I don't, it'll just like come out later. Like, when you first start that whole process, it feels like a lot. It feels like a lot. And I think it's so important to, like, to realize that. That it's okay that it's a lot. That it's okay that it's new and that we're learning. And that, and that sometimes it will feel better than other times. Like, it's a process. And part of loving yourself is not just it's not just looking at yourself and being like, yeah, I like my, I like my thighs and I like my smarts and I'm so funny. But it's also being like, okay, um, I screwed up, but that's okay. Or like today I don't feel like my best, smartest, prettiest self, and that's okay. It's just today. It's just how I feel right now. It doesn't mean that that's reality. It doesn't mean that that's going to last forever. It's just right now. And like breathing through it, working through it, figuring out the ways that work for you. I think it's so important, like what you said about writing things down and seeing it visually. And that's always worked for you. Like it's about finding what works for you. I also love writing things down. Sometimes (laughs) I'm lucky that I live in a place where I can like have a lot of privacy. Sometimes I literally go outside and I just talk out loud by myself about what I'm feeling, which if I lived seriously, like, like if I lived in a city and I just went outside and talked out loud, like people (laughs) would be like, what is this crazy girl doing? (laughs) But yeah. So, I mean, it's just finding what works for you. And I think you sharing that, is going to help a lot of people. So thank you. And there goes my phone. But anyway, um, I've always just been really hard on myself too.
1: When I don't get something right the first time, it's really, really hard for me. Um, Again, that's just partially who I am as a person. Partially the fact that I grew up doing gymnastics. Mm -hmm. I'd have coaches that would get upset with me when I didn't do something right the first time. And so it's kind of just ingrained into my brain at this point. Um, and so being okay with getting things wrong and wrong again and wrong again, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that is actually a really big challenge for me. Um, it's something that I have to work on actively work on every single day. Um, which is really hard because a lot of the days I don't want to face the fact that I'm like that. Um, But eventually I can get to a point where I realize that that's who I am, but that I can forgive myself for getting frustrated and that I'm not always going to get things right on the first try. And that's okay. Uh, So that's kind of where I am in my self-love journey. It's very new. um, But I have lots of people around me who are here to help me with it and remind me that I can do it. (laughs) Like Melissa.
0: Oh Okay. (laughs) And I think that's, like, that's such a good thing, too, is to have support. I'm thankful for supportive friends, too. Like you. Cute. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) we won't turn it into too much of a mush fest. Although if you know us, you know we love mush, or I definitely love mush. I will shout it from the rooftops. Okay. Anyway, um, so today is New Year's Eve, 2018. I'm wondering, I don't know if you do, and if you don't, that's okay, because it's just another day. If you have any like, resolutions or New Year's intentions or, I don't know, thoughts, reflections on the past year or what you are inspiring to, like, do in the new year. I don't know. Any of that kind of junk. So I went into 2018
1: with extremely high expectations for how the year was going to pan out. Um partially due to things happening around New Year's Eve last year for me that I am not necessarily ready to share more about. Um, But I did start the year out last year while I finished it out on December 31st, 2017, thinking that 2018 was going to be like the best year ever. Um, I have an Instagram caption to prove it. Um, and so my expectations were really, really high on January 1st, 2018. Um, and funnily enough, I don't know if that's a word, funnily. <laughs> I'm going to make a word. I don't hard. either, just say it, fine. Uh, funnily enough, 2018 <laughs> for me, Was trying to break off or not have any expectations for anything, Mm. which is really, really hard for me. Um, I'm the kind of person who needs to have a plan for everything. I need to have things written down. I need to have everyone be five minutes early to things. I'm very much a type A person. Um, So I get expectations about things and even like the smallest things. Like when I go out to dinner, I expect whoever I'm meeting for dinner to be there on time. And I get frustrated if they're late because that's just the kind of person (laughs) that I am. Um, I placed high expectations on myself, on some of the relationships I have in my life, or don't have any more, um, on other people and having really high expectations can be a really great thing, but it can also be really hard when, when you don't meet those expectations. Um, and not necessarily for a reason, like you failed at meeting them, but things just didn't pan out that way. Like, I don't know, you ran into a roadblock and you had to go on a different, um, road to get where you were going. Um, Like I said, I like to have a path. I like to take one road to get where I'm going. And when I have to take a detour, it's really hard on me. Um, And so trying to go into 2019 without any expectations for how the year is going to go, um, I think is my big resolution or goal for the year is just to Try and release any expectations for myself, for the people around me, um, for anything like that because I have seen firsthand how having expectations can be a detriment um, and I just want to try something different and try not to have as many expectations I know I've said that word for like
0: 18,000 <laughs> expectations
1: times. no expectations I love that that's awesome um, that's yeah, awesome so that's my my big one non-resolution
0: I suppose mm-hmm. so you have a resolution to like not have a resolution pretty much, pretty much. that's awesome that's no that's really good like And when you don't have expectations and you're just kind of filling your way through it, that's when, like, the little magical moments happen because you get, like, surprised or you'll be like, ooh, like, I was interested in this but I wasn't, like, clinging to it and now here it is and I'm so thankful. Like, that's when things kind of just, like, you just let go and you let life and it just, like yeah, things just happen. So that's really awesome. That's something that I've been working on a lot too. So I can like hundred percent relate. Yes. So good. Okay. Last question. Um, <laughs> so this is the Air and Earth podcast. So I want to know what is something that is lifting you up or making you happy, making you excited. And what is something that is keeping you Grounded, so keeping you calm and feeling centered.
1: Something that lifts me up, um, it would have to be my friends, I think. Um, They always kind of know how to get me out of a bad spot whenever I am feeling down on myself or down on something, or I'm just not having a good day in general. Maybe I'm just frustrated with work or the cat scratched my leg or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I have some really great friends who um, definitely know how to lift me up, lift me out of a bad spot, uh, and just are generally always there for me whenever I need them, sometimes without having to ask, which is the best so that's something that, yeah, it's for the air part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and for,
1: for something that keeps me grounded, I mean, obviously I could be like super predictable and say my yoga practice, which it does. Um, but music, I think, is one thing oh. that keeps me really grounded. Um, I. I really love most types of music, uh, pretty much most things besides country. Sorry to all you country music fans out there. Um, (laughs) But I have a playlist of some of my favorite songs, uh, some more like yoga, shavasana type songs. And if I'm ever having a bad day or a bad moment, I will try and find either a quiet place to go I will try and make sure I have my headphones on me most of the time so I can just pop them in and listen to a song, quiet everything else out. It will help quiet my mind. Um, I can really, I really try and like hear the instruments Mm. or the singer or just certain things. I try and find something new that I haven't noticed in the song before. Um, so that's one thing that, helps ground me a little bit um like I said before I mean I could say my yoga practice um, <laughs> which it does especially handstands which seems kind of bizarre being on your hands grounding you but it does help me but I think to choose one thing it would
0: have to be music I don't think I I mean I knew you loved music and I knew you loved listening to music but I didn't I don't think I knew that you would like Find little bits and pieces and stuff like that, which makes total sense that that would like be so grounding, like because it gets you present, you know. Mm-hmm. And so does that's like the same thing with doing a handstand. To do a handstand, you have to be like totally present with the handstand. So, okay, well, maybe not you, but <laughs> she just made this face and shook her head. I have to be totally present when I'm doing a handstand, at least. Well, when I'm trying to do a handstand, okay. But no, anyway, the handstand <laughs> will make me more present. I don't have to be present, originally okay. to do
1: it, but it'll help make me more present. Um, I wish I could say a meditation practice is what makes me grounded. I'm still working on that. I'm a very fidgety person. So meditation is pretty hard for me, but listening to music is kind of a form of meditation definitely for me. So that's kind of, it kind of helps clear my mind the same way that a meditation is supposed to.
0: Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Well anything like anything like that can be sort of like a meditative practice as long as it's something that kind of pulls you into the present moment. So yeah. Okay. Well thank you so much for coming into my walk in closet. It was very cute. (laughs) And I I just want to say that the things you share I know are going to help people and people are going to be able to relate to the things that you have said and so I appreciate it but I know a lot of other people appreciate it too and I know it's hard to talk about like the difficulties of self-love and comparisons and stuff like that so I just applaud you for your bravery and your openness thank you So thank you for coming on. If you all do not follow Aubrey or you haven't checked her out, I have a link below in the show notes to her Instagram. Go watch her do a handstand and be in awe and be in awe (laughs) and then read some of her captions and you can cry a little bit and then laugh and see her kittens and stuff like that. So, yes.